So I just want to testify of what God has done in the last couple of weeks of my life. I feel like my heart has been stretched. My heart has been expanded. My mind has just, just, oh man, been flipped upside down. You know, it's one thing to, um, when you read or when you hear about maybe how God moves in a place, but it's a total other thing when you see it happen in front of you. When you see God just take people, just change their lives in a, in, 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 even just in a single moment. It's crazy how you can hear about encounters, but until you see an encounter, it just stretches your heart. And I don't know why, but God gave me such a, such like a, a baby's heart for to seeing other people encounter God. Like I think that's my most favorite thing in the world is when, is when I'm up here worshiping and you just see people come up to the altar and they're just seeking God. And man, I start crying, man. <laughs> I don't know why. I think God just gave me a, such, a, such a heart just to see people encounter God. And, but I just thank him for that because it, it moves. It moves me. But these past two weeks, we got the privilege to uh, go to Estonia which is uh, it's on the border, uh, it's kind of like be to, uh, next to Russia, and it's right by the Baltic Sea area. And uh, we got to serve at a youth camp in uh, Estonia. It was so cool because it was right by the Baltic Sea, and they have these uh, things called white nights where it doesn't get dark until like 12 o'clock, and then the sun rises at like 3 a.m., so it's like dark for three hours, and you're like, what's going on? Um, but I just want to testify all of that God has done because, like I mentioned before, it just stretched my heart. It just made me see the love of the Father in such a mighty, such, such a, new, and a, a new way and just a fresh revelation. So we were there. We, had, we were there for about four uh, days serving. And we had three services a day. And I was coming into this like, God, I don't know what you're going to do. God, I'm kind of like freaked out. I was kind of scared. It was weird. Um, but, man, the first night when we get, uh, or the first day we get there, and God, God was moving. It was awesome. But you could just sense that there was, like, tension, like, that these uh, younger people, they were kind of like, whoa, you know, like, this is a little different from, our, from what we're used to because so, so many of them were uh, very conservative in their views, um, uh, like, Baptist Orthodox and, like, so... For them to see us, it was a little like, whoa. But, um, but honestly, it was, it was so beautiful because I remember, I'm going to fast forward through a lot, but the, I think the third night, we just, um, there was a baptism that day. So after the baptism, we just said, hey, we're just going to pray for all the people that got baptized. And then as we're like, hey, um, cool, we're going to pray for the people that are getting baptized, but let's also pray just for everyone else. Might as well, right? We're already here, just going to be praying so we do like a, just a little tunnel. We just start praying for uh, the people that get baptized and then everyone else just starts lining up. And so they're, uh, they're just going through. We're just praying. We're just, uh, just really just, just uh, declaring over them, encouraging the people as they go through. Just a lot of people were just speaking life into um, the youth. But let me tell you something. That night, everything shifted. The atmosphere of the entire camp after that night 
when we just simply just prayed for each and every single person, then had them just pray for each other, the atmosphere of the entire camp changed. Before it was kind of like, oh, it was a little awkward and everything. Uh, but after that service, it's like people's hearts were just completely open. People were just, uh, there was so much fellowship. You could just sense the spirit of God everywhere you went. Like the spirit of God just broke out in that place. And the service after uh, the, the next day, all three services, there was such breakthrough. People were coming out. People were hungry. People um. Kids were encountering God. They were coming and just seeking him. Like before, like their worship was like, like this. But after that night, when there, when there was a breakthrough, I'm telling you, they were raising their hands. They were up there. They were just loving Jesus. They were just, they completely opened themselves up. And it was so beautiful to see what God can do when we were just obedient. And when... When we just step out. See, the cool thing was about this, in, uh, about the entire uh, trip that I got to see was how God wants to use his body. How God wants to activate his people to rise up. I so strongly believe that in this next time that God is going to be raising up not names but groups of people where no one is going to get the glory but God. God is raising up a generation that's going to lay themselves down and they're going to pick up their cross and they're going to go. We, uh, we, went, to a, we went to a church in, uh, in Tallinn, Estonia. And 35 years ago, there was a huge revival that broke out in Tallinn. And so many people got saved. And there were signs and miracles and there was rooms that were like filled with crutches and stuff and it was just amazing what God did and it was crazy it was totally God divine um, moment but we actually got to see uh, we actually got to meet the pastor that God used for this revival and as we were going um, as we we came and we said hi to him man he just started he just started just preaching. He just, he just broke out. He just started just speaking over. He was like, God, I thank you for just this divine appointment. I thank you, Lord God, that you are raising up people, Lord God, that are, that are willing to lay themselves down. God, I thank you that you are raising up people that aren't going to be moved by fancy cars, fancy lifestyles, but you are raising up people that are going to walk with the aroma of Jesus, that everywhere they go, when they enter a room, that it's going to be Jesus. That's just going to be, um, the, the aroma of Jesus is just going to fill the place, and people are going to be like, what's so different? about these people, I think that our motives in our lives, the motives of our lives, it's an aroma. And when you, where you go, your motives, they fill the place. And so I just want to, I just really strongly believe that God is raising up people that are going to walk in the aroma of Jesus. That might sound a little weird, but I'm telling you, he is raising up people that everywhere they go, the light is going to shine. The light is going to burst through them. I was going to see how long I can go without my nose. <laughs> but tonight I want to talk about the king of glory. We're going to continue talking about worship. It's really interesting because um, I, I recently just heard this revelation. I was like, dang, this is so amazing. But the atmosphere of earth 
is air, oxygen. And we come and we need it to breathe. We need it to function, live. But the atmosphere of heaven is the glory of the Lord. And when we pray, when we seek him, when we worship him, heaven opens and that's when the atmosphere of heaven comes down and invades the atmosphere of earth and that's glory coming down and that's when you sense the the presence of God, that's the presence of God and sometimes it becomes so tangible that all you can do is just sit and you could and just sit and just adore him, sit and just be with him. So I just thought that was really cool and I'm just believing that in this time, day and age, that God's just gonna just release his glory, open up the gates of heaven, just the floodgates to come down with his glory. But I think it's gonna really take a generation that knows that they are sons and daughters of God and to know that when they worship and when they praise him, that their worship and their praise moves heaven. You have to know that your worship is strong enough to move heaven. You need to know that your worship is strong enough to make a shift, to shift the uh, heaven and to draw the glory, the atmosphere of heaven down on earth. So I just want to talk about a few things. What is worship? Uh, worship is not a 45-minute worship set made up of four songs as much as, we, uh, as much as we think it is and as much as culture has maybe made us seem that that's what worship is. Worship is not a tool that's used to destroy darkness, but it's a a way for us to express our love to God. From worship, many things overflow. I believe that evangelism is the overflow of worship, that you can't evangelize your life, your your lifestyle, uh, even just simply going to evangelize cannot be pure or real without the revelation and without knowing who he is through the act of worship, through worshiping him, through knowing him. Because it's crazy, but when you read about heaven, it's all worship. We're going to sit in heaven and we're going to worship. Guys, in heaven, this might sound crazy, but there's no need to evangelize in heaven because we're all going to be saved. So in heaven, we're just going to sit and worship. We're going to have awesome times of worship. I'm not bringing down evangelism. It's very, we need it. But I'm just saying, like, (laughs) it's very, it's very needed. We are to go after the souls. Amen. The soil of worship is a hungry heart. I remember we were, uh, when we were traveling, uh, Natalia Zubanko, she just shared a little story, but it really, like, it really drew my attention. She said that she, um, she was growing a tomato plant. <laughs> she was growing a tomato plant. How cool is this? We're talking about tomatoes. Uh, but, and so she, had, so she had her tomato plant, tomato plant, and from her plant, amazing leaves, leaves were growing, like, Dude, if you looked at this tomato plant, it looked legit. Like, it was like, man, this tomato plant probably produces a lot of fruit. But her plant wouldn't produce any fruit. And then she, and as she's walking one day, she sees her neighbor. Her neighbor has a uh, tomato plant. And she looks, and the thing is so ugly. The tomato plant is ugly. 
Like the leaves are all messed up. The leaves are all like nasty and dried up, whatever. But there's fruit. The tomatoes were amazing. The, the, the tomatoes were ripe. And she comes and she's like, what are you doing to grow this awesome tomato plant? Oh my gosh, this is so awesome. You know what he tells her? He's like, you're using the wrong soil. You're using the soil that gives the nutrients to the leaves, not the fruit. Okay, Lord, forgive me. The soil of worship is a hungry heart. What is your soil? Come on. Pure worship will always lead to obedience. And obedience will always lead you to servanthood. Because you cannot worship him without encountering him and being obedient to his word. And you will never be obedient without going and, and, uh, going and serving. Because when you, when, you, when you worship him from the overflow, you automatically begin to hear the voice of God and you, you just respond and there's a, and there's a, uh, like this uh, fountain of serving that overflows. I know in my life, when I'm lacking my, in worshiping my own time, my own spare time, not up here, guys. This is, if you guys think that this is worship from, from us or even the team, this is, this is just the overflow of what we do. We're, we're, we're so big on just not having worship be the 45 minutes that we're up here, but having worship be the most important thing behind closed doors when we're at home, when we're in the car. Worship, pure worship, will always lead to obedience, and obedience will always leave you, uh, will always lead you to serve, serving the body, serving those around you, your community. Because that's just, that's just what it does. It draws you to do things that you never do before. So if you're taking notes, I, wanna, I want you to write this down. Because I want to be talking about the response, the response of worship. And so I have this quote right here. And it says, worship is the right response to the revelation of God. Worship is the right response, is the accurate response. It is what you do when you receive the revelation of God. When you encounter God, when you encounter Jesus, worship is going to overflow from, the, from his goodness. When you've seen what he can do, worship will spring out like a well within you. Worship is not just something that I force myself to do. Worship is my direct response. It's the direct response of my life as I abide in him, as I live with him, as I acknowledge him in every moment of my life. When I live a life living in acknowledgement of the Holy Spirit, of the goodness of Jesus. When I see his hand and just little moments of my life throughout the day. It's the response. It's what I give to him. See, when, when someone gets married, it's not enough to say that you love them just on the wedding day and throughout your marriage to never say it again. 
And sometimes we, we, we step into this relationship with Jesus and we're like, Jesus, I love you. But then we go so long, so long without simply coming in back and responding to him saying, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Because it's a, it's a two-way street. And uh, actually, um, and we're going to open up to Revelation 4.8. We actually hit on this a little bit last week, but I just want to give you guys a, another just side of the story. It's actually really beautiful. And the four living creatures, each of them, with six wings, are full of eyes. Full of eyes all around. Oh, sorry, it's Revelation 4.8, by the way. They're full of eyes all around and within. And day and night, they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, and is to come. And whenever the living creatures, whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are you, O Lord, O God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. It's crazy because I was thinking, man, what kind of creatures are these that are flying around, around the throne? So just a little context. These are four creatures. They're flying around the throne, and they're covered in eyes. And I'm like, this is so crazy. Why are they covered in eyes? That's so weird. God, why would you make something like that? I'm just, guys, I'm being honest. Like, it's okay to ask questions before God, like, with things like that. I'm just being completely honest. <laughs> but you know what? You know what's crazy? Is I realized that the reason why they're covered with eyeballs <laughs> is that any way they fly, any way they turn, any way they go, their eyes are always fixed on the throne. Their eyes are always fixed upon the glory of God. And they never miss a moment. They never miss a moment because their eyes are fixed. Their eyes are fixed. And it doesn't matter if they're flying upside down or if they're doing cool backflips. Their eyes are always fixed. See? We can have fun in our life. We can do awesome things. But I want to ask you, is, are those things taking your eyes off of God? Are those things taking your eyes off of God? What are you doing with your life? The, thing, the things in your, in your life, the things that maybe God gave you uh, the, the desires of your heart, but are they taking you away from God? Their eyes are always fixed on the throne. I want to live my life to the measure of as I'm walking, my eyes are fixed on the throne. Everything I do, my eyes are fixed on the throne. Every day at work, my eyes are fixed on the throne. As I'm, as I'm leading worship, my eyes are fixed on the throne. I believe that God is raising up a generation that's, that's willing to say, God, 
I want to fix my eyes on your throne. I want to be aware of your spirit in every moment of my life. I want to acknowledge you. I want to walk in acknowledgement. I want to have eyes all around me so that any way I turn, any way I look, my life is always, um, my life is always uh, seeking you. My life is always acknowledging you. And it's funny because the response, it's so cool. I love this. Because it says that the four living creatures, not day and night, they never cease to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him, look, whenever the living creatures give glory and honor, the elders respond, the elders respond with worship. And they take their crowns, they take up every little thing that's, that they've ever built up upon their life that's not of God, and they cast it down. And I think it's so vital for us to live in response to the revelation of God. Listen, guys, to respond to the revelation of God and casting our crowns, laying them, throwing, kicking them, stomping them down, and worshiping him. Saying worthy, worthy. See the response of the revelation is declaring worthy are you God. Worthy are you Lord to receive glory and honor and power for all that you created. Because you created all. That's the response of heaven. And we've been redeemed by the blood. The ultimate mission, the ultimate thing that Jesus, that, that God intended for Jesus to do was for us. To be reconciled with him through the blood. Guys, if this, if worship in heaven moves God, I can't even imagine what the sound of the redeemed, the people that have been redeemed by the blood of God, by the blood of Jesus, how it moves heaven. If we knew the weight of our worship, if we knew the weight of our praise, we would never hold back our worship to him. Sometimes I think, man, it's crazy how the, uh, the lady, in, uh, the girl in the Bible, how she ran up to the feet of Jesus in the, when she came into the house and she just laid her, she laid her life down. She, whatever, broke the ointment, whatever. Um, she, like, anointed his feet and it's not whatever. I'm sorry. It's very important. But how ridiculous, ridiculous that looked. To God, or not to God, to people, but how beautiful it was to God. Man, sometimes I feel like we need to come to God and to come to his feet in such a way where it might look ridiculous to other people. Wow, my mouth is dry, guys. I need some water. How it might look crazy to so many people. But the res her response was, I need you. I need you, Jesus. I believe that God is restoring the response of this generation to respond to him, to actually respond during worship. I believe that God is, I actually touched on this last Sunday, I just really had a strong word, but, uh, sorry, last, um, last uh, Sunday, but I really believe that God is restoring worship in his church I really strongly believe that God wants to take away sometimes what we do, this, this karaoke deal, and where worship is going to be so raw, 
So pure. Guys, I'm being honest. God is, wants to take, take away the whole, we have to sound good, we have to look good, we have to, we have to be so perfect in our worship where we sometimes, where we can miss what the Spirit of God wants to do. But to come and just to really just humble ourselves and respond and say worthy, worthy and just really live it out. Jesus. Give us this revelation, Lord. Give us this revelation, Jesus, of what it means to respond. God's looking for his children to take the crowns off to throw them away, to lay their lives down before God, to really carry the aroma of Jesus everywhere they go with pure worship, with pure worship. Guys, I, there's nothing I could tell you to, to force you to, you know, to live a pure life of worship or, or to, to force you to do anything. But what I can say is that God is looking for the children that are willing to lay down their lives. He's looking for people that are going to say, if you are not Lord of all my life, then you are not Lord at all. God is looking for people to say that you are Lord of all. He's looking for people to say that you are Lord of all. Because if he's not Lord of all, there's no way that he can be Lord at all in your life. Let me just tell you that. Because he is looking for a living sacrifice for his glory. Look, guys, worship is going to raise your standard in life. Worship is going to raise your standard, your, your, your lifestyle, your, the way that you live. It's never going to bring it down. And true worship doesn't depend on the circumstance. Actually, what true worship does, true worship, if we grasp this, this will be a very amazing and even a practical application of how you can live a life of worship. True worship does not depend on the circumstance, but true worship helps you get through the circumstance that you're going through in life. This is a... Might seem a little harsh, and but um, I just really, actually, you know, I'm gonna save that. If we can um, have the worship team come up, because we're gonna go into a moment of worship. We're not gonna be moved by um, by by fancy words. We're gonna let the Spirit of God come and do what only He can do in this place. The soil of worship is a hungry heart. The soil of worship is a hungry heart. I believe that tonight, God's gonna begin just to restore the hunger of your heart for worship. God is gonna restore just the, the revelation. God's gonna give revelation of what it means to live a life of worship, the life of worship that's gonna help you get through the circumstance. So just,
I just really sense it in my heart. Right now in this moment, without even any even hype or just anything going on, if we could just really, really just come to God with pure hearts and just say, God, please make my heart hungry for you. Make my heart a soil that is willing to receive everything that you have for me, willing to receive a life that is willing to lay down, to be laid down for your glory. It's time to give room for the Holy Spirit to, to work in our lives. It's time to make room for the Spirit to do what no man can do. It's time for the Spirit of God to ignite the hearts of the believers, to live a holy, righteous lifestyle. See, Scripture says that, that the Lord is righteous and He loves righteous deeds, righteous deeds, and the upright shall see His glory. I believe that God is raising up this generation with, to a higher standard, a higher standard to see the glory of God, the atmosphere of heaven, come and pierce the atmosphere of earth. Not for fancy words, not for fancy speakers that could speak a good word. But for people that are willing to step out of the way and let the Spirit of God do His thing. See, principalities, demons, the devil doesn't flee from a generation that's stuck on Instagram. The spiritual world shakes and trembles when a generation knows that they are sons and daughters of the living God. The principalities, principalities, the devils, demons shake when a generation that worships God with closed doors comes together and lifts up a song. You see, you see, true worship isn't us standing by the shoreline, dipping our toes, saying, God, come. True worship is when his sons and daughters come to a river, a flowing river, the river of the Spirit, and they jump into it and they say, yes, God, I lay down my life to willing to be submerged and used and to be used by your glory, Lord. Not to beg, but to know that their worship can shift the atmosphere of heaven. a song that we sing it's a position that we take and it's a and it's a position from where we stand and where we take off into his presence 
I pray, Lord. Lord, in this moment, Spirit of God, do what only you can do in this place, Lord. Not what man could do. Not something that just comes from the knowledge of man that man can come up with. But what you can do, Lord God. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. Provoke in us a cry by the Spirit that cries out, Abba, Father. A cry that screams out, Abba, Father, by the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit, provoke a cry, provoke a worship in our lives, Father God. That might look foolish to man, but is a sweet, sweet incense to you, Lord. revelation of worship in our lives what it means Jesus to worship you Jesus turn from a drought that's been beneath for, for an encounter with God to soil that's receiving water, that's re receiving the fresh revelation of worship. <laughs> 